Okay, it is one minute after one. We are going about to get Hayden Sherman on the program to talk some athletics. Camille Buscombe running a Olympic Games qualifier in Valencia in Spain. Hopefully the selectors don't ask for a second qualifying attempt and she gets the nod and we have a runner on the start line in the women's marathon. Going back to the days of Lorraine Mollett, who won bronze back in 1992 in Barcelona. I'm still smiling. Liverpool top of the table. Liverpool getting up this morning beating Crystal Palace in the first minute of injury time. They were awful, but they found a way to win. They are top of the Premier League. Hayden Sherman, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, Mark. Yeah, thank you. Are you a football fan, an English Premier League football fan? Well, you know what? I've tried to get into football my my entire life, including um, several stints in the UK, trying to get immersed in it. And it just doesn't stick, despite playing it as a kid. Uh, yeah, I just I just can't can't catch the buzz. I'm afraid. So you don't have any affiliation. There's not one team that you sort of remotely take an interest in. No. Uh, after spending a bit of high school, sort of in the Midlands, Aston Villa was kind of the team, but they weren't very good at the time. So They're playing that, well that at the moment. Really playing bloody well at the moment. Beat Arsenal this morning. Are they third on the table? Well, well, maybe. Maybe I should get back into it and support my old team. Oh, what I love about yeah. it, Hayden, is it, it's a decent period of the year, but anybody can beat anybody, and there's no every game's got a level of jeopardy on it, and I think that's what sport needs sometimes. That's true, yeah, mm. and it, it is amazing how it can it can capture such a wide audience over over such a long period of time. I think a lot of sporting leagues look to the the EPL and think, how can we do that um, in our sport or in, in our region? Well, what they do do, and I was just talking to Garth Galloway, our cricket commentator, about it, is they're just very good at making it all about the fan. Everything they do, they're yeah. constantly acknowledging the fan, apologising to the fan, um, promotions around the fan, and they realise that you know it's the, the the club belongs to the fans. Yeah, yeah, and, and when you go to the, those grounds, not that I've ever been to a, a football match, but you know it's not just the football; it's the that's the attraction, the atmosphere there is so so incredible. So yeah, wouldn't it be amazing to have have more of that sort of atmosphere um, here in New Zealand? But um, yeah, we can only dream sometimes. Let's talk about Camille Buscom. Last time we spoke, she was building up for a marathon in Valencia in Spain, looking to try and run an Olympic Games qualifying time, which she has done. Tell us about the performance. Tell us about the result. Yeah, so pretty impressive by Camille. Uh, now Camille French, of course, but um, many will know her as Camille Buscom after representing New Zealand at the Tokyo Games uh, a few years ago in the 5,000 and 10,000. So now she's stepped up to the marathon. This is this is her big debut, and she chose Valencia uh, in Spain as, as the race where she wanted to hit hit a, well, it's not an automatic qualifying, but it's a, it's called a qualifying mark, which essentially, from World Athletics' point of view, if you hit that time, gets the tick from World Athletics, essentially gets the tick from uh, Athletics New Zealand to go to the Olympics, and then all of it uh, is, is just, resting on the shoulders of the NZOC to give her, her the tick. And she did it. She, uh, I think she beat the, the mark by about 34 seconds, uh, 20, 2.26 for, for the marathon, which is number two all-time in uh, New Zealand women's marathon history. So incredible run from her. And it, it, she had great 
support around her, you know, for those who have followed her career, she's spent a lot of her time over in Melbourne training with a, a bunch of women who are sort of similar pedigree to her and uh, a bunch of the Aussies booked their spot uh, in, in the Olympics as well. Uh, so yeah, great, great strategy in terms of choosing a race that's fast, has wonderful pacing for those sort of mid, mid 220s uh, times um, and she just did the job, ticked the box um, and yeah, pretty pretty impressive. I think it's about 18 months on from from giving birth, so that's a, a wonderful return to to fitness and a wonderful start to her marathon career. So uh, New Zealand female marathoning is finally back in in, in the spotlight. So mm. it's after a bit of a, a bit of a low period uh, where we haven't really had anyone break through into the international ranks since Kim Smith. About 10 years ago, it's uh, wonderful to have Camille stepping up onto the roads. No, I always remember Anne Dane back in 1992 and, of course, Alison Rowe back in 1981, iconic moments in New Zealand sport. I want to ask you this because you, just, you, you mentioned there she's starting her marathon sort of career. It is a sport that it's greater than the sum of its parts. There's a saying, 20 miles of hope, 6 miles of truth. How many marathons do you think you need to run at international level to really understand the marathon? I mean, some will probably get it right first up, but for a lot of people, you do. It, it's an event that you've got to sort of gain experience in. Yeah, you do, and, and you're right. Some people seem to seem to fluke it, uh, jump straight in. We, we saw Joshua Chip to go in the, in the same uh, same race, the the world five thousand and ten thousand record holder. Um, not have a brilliant race, but look, he went out with with the leaders on world almost world record pace. Uh, so you know maybe you can it can give him a bit of a break for that one. Uh, but that didn't go great. But yeah, usually you'd expect uh, two or three marathons to be under your under your belt before you can think you can get your best one out the door. Uh, th- there's just so much going on physiologically in terms of. You're just depleting all those glycogen stores mm. that you, you would never do in any other any other race. Mm. Even a half marathon, you, you know, running sort of 60, 70 minutes, you're really only getting to that point where where your where your body's saying, actually, we're a bit low on fuel here. We need to uh, do something drastic. Uh, so the marathon really introduces this new level of of pain where where the body's energy stores uh, are depleted, and you actually need to learn to fuel while while you're on the run. And for some people, they can do that really really well. Their bodies are really well um, adjusted to that. And and other runners who you'd expect, the likes of Mo Farah, um, you know, so dominant over the five and ten k, it never cracked the the marathon. And it goes to show. It is a different physiology that it takes to uh, process those energy reserves and maybe to be in a more sort of fat-burning state as opposed to a glycogen-burning state that it's getting um, yeah, a bit, bit heavy into the, the science of it all. Mm. Uh, but all signs are looking good for Camille to be so close to, I think she was uh, less than a minute outside of Kim Smith's uh, national record. So that's really exciting for, for Kim. Yeah, I remember... For, uh, I remember covering the 50th anniversary of the Rotorua Marathon. I won't mention the athlete's name, but leading at 31 kilometres, sitting in the gutter at 34, and that's just how quickly things can yes. things can fall apart if you don't quite get the um, pace judgment. I remember talking to Paul Bellinger, and he said in the New York Marathon, and 
he was up there running with Alberto Salazar in that top group, and he looked at his watch, and I think they went through. I think he said they went through in 66 minutes for the half, and he said right then I knew I was a minute too quick, and he was that in tune with his body, and he said the last 5k, yeah, he just popped completely, and um, you know went from yeah being in the mix to uh, falling apart simply because he just little bit too quick through that first half, and that's the science we are dealing with. Let's talk about Julian Oakley. Um, you probably get sick of hearing this, but he is the son of Dame Susan DeVoy. Ten years now of running sub-four-minute miles. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's based in Tauranga now, uh, part of that, that great little squad with Sam Tanner and Hayden Wilde, brilliantly coached by Craig Craig Kirkwood. And yeah, he's just ticked off 10 years straight of running sub four minute miles. Um, so obviously he probably found himself in December thinking, oh no, I haven't ticked off a sub four minute mile this year. He's been focusing more on the, the five and, and 3K uh, national champion, both those events, um, and just snuck in with a, a 359.93 sub four minute mile to keep that streak going. So he's got a bit of a way to, to catch up to Nick Willis, I think. Did he make 20 or hit, hit 19? I'm pretty sure it was 20, 20 yeah. years of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of, of sub four minute miles, which I believe no one else has achieved that as, as far as I know um, on the planet. So, um, yeah, a bit of a way to go to catch up mm. to, to Nick, but he's certainly yeah, uh, following uh, pretty well, getting uh, 10, sub four minute, 10 years of sub four minute miles under his belt. Yeah, and to put it in context, three times as many people have climbed to the top of Mount Everest than have run sub four minute miles. So it's still one of the great feats of human endeavour. You can't buy your way through it, can you? You can't talk your way through it. It knows no socioeconomic, knows religion, creed or race. You've just simply got to do the work. Absolutely, yeah. And it's a real real test of endurance and speed, which is, you know, as an athlete ages, you'd expect them to have that endurance, but maybe that speed sort of drops off. Um, so that ability to do it well into your 30s is, is um, yeah, a pretty incredible testament to the way that you're looking after your, looking after your body. And, um, you know, I mentioned Nick Willis. He was the, the master at being able to just uh, keep his body going year after year despite you know, in, injury interruptions and surgeries and all that. So, yeah, it, it pretty amazing being able to hold together that balance of speed and endurance. Speaking about holding it together at 60-plus years of age, the great Sally Gibbs, she's been around running for a long, long time, sets a world master's record for 60-plus, over 10,000 metres. Tell us about this incredible athlete. Yeah, she's amazing, actually. So she started running in her 40s, if, uh, would you believe it? And uh, ever since then has just, you know, was a competitive senior runner. So, you know, we're talking 18 to 35-year-olds. As a, in her late 40s, 50s, she was still winning senior women's national titles. Um, she's now hit the 60 to 64 age group. And a few weeks ago, she, she notched up the uh, world record in the 10,000 metres for, for that event, running 37.38 uh, for the 10K which when you break it down, what's that, about 16 and a half, 17 k's an hour on, on, if you put it on the treadmill, something like that. Um, and that was three weeks. This is what blows my mind about Sally Gibbs. That was only three weeks after running the Auckland Marathon where she placed seventh overall in the female field, running 3.03 for the marathon. That's at age 60. And then a week after running this world record in the 10,000 metres, goes to the North Island Masters champs 
wins uh, New Zealand records for her age group in the 800, 1500, 3000 and 5000 metres. So, <laughs> you know, talking about age and ability to uh, bounce back and be absolutely consistent is, um, yeah, incredible. And I would love a study to be done on her ability to recover because it's it's ab- absolutely amazing. As, as a Masters runner myself, I'm sort of looking at that. Man, it'd take me several months just to recover from any one of those races. We've had some great Masters runners over the years. I mean, you talk about marathon runners at the elite level. I remember John Campbell back in 1988. I think he might have been early 40s when he ran the marathon. The great Jack Foster back in the 1970s. He got into running very, very late. My good mate Cameron Brown, still a professional athlete, well into his, you know, still a professional triathlete in his early 50s, but was still winning it in his late 40s. So it's never too late, is it? No, it's, it's never too late. And it is one of the great things about endurance sport, especially, is you, you can keep going for quite a while as long as you, you look after your body. Um, and we, we also saw, talking about Valencia Marathon, we saw the men's 40-plus uh, record broken by uh, none other than Kenanisa Bekele uh, running 204 for the marathon. <laughs> so, uh, certainly there's, the there's, hope, there's hope for uh, you yet, seven. Hayden. There's hope for you yet, yeah, my good yeah. man. <laughs> Yeah, the only problem is I'm the same age as Kenanisa, so you know, <laughs> whatever record I'm going for, he'll be out of my heels. So, yeah, no, yeah, no. absolutely amazing. Remarkable. 41 years of age, hey, still going strong. New Zealand Secondary School athletics are on at the moment. Um, what have you made of those? Have there been any standout performances so far? Yeah, there's been some really, really cool, uh, encouraging performances. So I'll, I'll roll through a few of them. Yeah, please do. The first yep. one that, that caught my notice was Hannah Collins. Uh, breaking the triple jump senior girls championship record, um, hitting 12.46. And so that puts her third overall in New Zealand uh, senior uh, triple jumping. So pretty impressive from from Hannah. And then um, Mia Diega, who's uh, the high jump sort of 200, 400 runner, uh, really asserting her dominance with a, a 180 PB in the high jump. And then has just now, literally, as I, I, I'm speaking, has just claimed the, the senior girls 200 meter uh, title as well. So she's quite an incredible, diverse athlete. What, so, what did you say? So one meter, one meter eighty? Did you say? One meter eighty. Oh, yeah, well, that so is that, very, very good for a secondary school girl. <laughs> really good, isn't it? I mean, that's remarkable. Absolutely. Hmm. And I want to say she's. This is her first year at senior. I think last year she was still jumping in, in the junior girls. So. Uh, she's definitely a talent to watch. And, and what's exciting is she's got that, that speed as well over the 200 and 400. Yep. And when it comes to looking at being a high jumper, um, that athleticism will really translate nicely. She's, um, yeah, obviously being, being trained and, and looked after really well. So encouraging uh, signs from, from Mia Diego. Also in, in the women's uh, senior girls sprints, uh, Muriel Benita has really shown that she's the the young woman to to beat in the hundred meters, so really dominant win in the hundred meters, winning in eleven seventy one, and then great racing over in the three thousand uh, for the senior girls um, with Catherine Lund, who's really been the the dominant uh, junior distance runner in the country this year, winning the the senior girls uh, national cross country title at the secondary school and the national level. Uh, and she took out the 3,000 metres with a good sprint off with Poppy Martin. Um, then over on the boys' side of things, 
uh, a name that I, I don't really know much about, but also in, in the high jump, Sam Tony Hewitt from, from St. Pat's Silverstream uh, took the high jump out in 202, so two metres and two centimetres. So whenever a, a high school boy is jumping over that two metre mark, so just just take a bit of notice of that. And he's only 16 years of age. Mm. So again, Remarkable. young, young yep. coming through. Um, Jackson Woolley, uh, the T38 uh, para-athlete, he ran a fantastic 100-metre uh, record, national record for 12.28 wow. uh, for his wow. category. Yeah. So, yeah, good signs. And Jackson's just been progressing season after season. Uh, I think he got into the sport about two years ago and just keeps going from strength to strength. And then in the, the boys' 100 metres, great uh, racing between Joe Dolphin, who is from Rangatoto College. Yep. And I, I want to say he's the son of James Dolphin. I'm not sure. I may need confirmation from that. I'm well, it's, sure a pretty, it's, a, it's a pretty rare name. And to have somewhat, yeah, look, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, there's certainly got to be a connection, hasn't there? There can't be more than coincidence. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So he, he took out the fastest boy in the country, uh, winning the 100 metres very closely, followed by Caden Taylor of Avondale in the 100. But then over in the 200, Ryland Nume uh, was just focused on the 200 and he picked up, uh, reclaimed his title from last year, uh, just edging out Joe Dolphin in a really close uh, finish uh, in the 200 metres. So good good sprint action from the boys. And then over in the 3,000 metre boys, we had some great action as well with Jamie Mora just edging out George Wiley and, and Elliot Pugh only... Uh, a split second separating the three of them. So great action. They're all um, running finals as we speak uh, down there in Christchurch uh, this afternoon. So action finishes up about 3, 4 o'clock this afternoon. So, yeah, lots going on down there in Ngāpunawai. Hayden Sherman, been a privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Thank you for joining us. Always wonderful insight. Thanks so much.